What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Celtics Collective. I'm Maddie Kroll, and I'm here with Sean Devney and Adam Taylor. What is up, guys? What's good, Maddie? Did you guys miss me? No. No, not even a little bit. No, not I didn't even think so. We, we were concerned about you because you were under whatever it was, several inches of water or a foot or maybe several feet. I don't know. It was not a good time. Just no. so the listeners know, um, I was out. We did an interview last week that I had to miss. And then we had an emergency episode that I had to miss all because apparently there's a pipe that carries the water from the dishwasher to drain out. Mine busted. And so I had to move out for a couple of days. I lived the hotel life. Um, and now I'm back. Apparently, there was an emergency episode, and it didn't have anything to do with the emergency in your apartment. There was an even bigger emergency going on. You uh, know, I kept place. waiting for my shout out of like, hope everything's fine. But no, I got a nice little bit at the beginning, Adam. You're welcome. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's a feign interest. But there was <laughs> a lot going on, and I think we were all kind of overwhelmed with that news. So I'm glad that you guys were able to ch- chat. Um, Jack stepped in. He's phenomenal. Jack's awesome. Yeah, Super we love awesome. Jack. We love Jack. Thank you, Jack. Sean, you went to a carnival this weekend. Is that right? I did. Yep. I uh, I want a giant stuffed something or other. I don't know. It's, it's an androgynous <laughs> animal of some sort that that my daughter loves, and she's five, so that's all that matters. I threw a ring around the neck of a uh, uh, of a duck. And uh, and and a, a plastic duck, a rubber duck, to be clear. Uh, and that 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 won me uh, the the affection of my daughter, probably for the next uh, I don't know two weeks. Honestly, though, that's such a good core memory. She's gonna like have for the rest of her life. I think that's awesome. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. It's crossing my fingers. Any new trinkets for you, Adam? No, I bought t-shirts this week instead because TJ oh. Maxx was doing Vans t-shirts that were like. 10 10 pound so like 10 vans yeah vans is in the brand yeah oh usually they're like 35 to 40 and they were like 10 each so i was like yeah i need need to buy everything they have because i could make money on the resale market oh you're gonna resell them no but that was the excuse i gave myself at the time (laughs) then i bought them and i was like i look pretty so i'm just gonna like put them in my closet and then i'll put one on today Oh, you have one on right now? Of course, it's Vans. Let's see like, it. So it's, it's literally just a little bit. It's all at the back. I'd have to stand oh. up and turn around. Yeah, we don't but, need to see that. Nah, you don't. <laughs> but uh, so it's one like the my entire household like we're ridiculously brand loyal. So Vans is like the it's the sneakers we all wear. It's the backpacks we all use. So it's like, hey, if there's a sale on, you know, we're, we're brand loyal. We need to go. But that meant that there was no new Pokemon um, pups this week, which means I'm sad. We'll look forward to them next week, though. I have Pikachu and Mewtwo. I don't think I need any more. Oh, I need Bulbasaur and Charizard, actually. Uh, Bulbasaur is the best. He was the start of Pokemon and all the original Pokemons for me. That's essential. That's a core memory if you want to speak about core memory. <laughs> yeah, I should clearly have my five-year-old on this uh, on this podcast with us. She'd fit in, actually. She had more idea what you guys are talking about than I would. So my 11-year-old daughter told me today that she was more mature than me. So um, I think we could definitely... Yeah, it's definitely fair. (laughs) What was your response, though? Was it out of anger or was she just, like, annoyed with you? I was just, like... I was just winding her up. 
<laughs> giving her some uh some you know banter and then uh she was like dad you're so mature i'm so much more mature than you i was like great you can start going to work and paying the bills and i'll go back to school <laughs> and uh that changed the tone really quickly yeah absolutely she bowed out on that one yeah. um well while i was gone you guys had an awesome interview with kenny anderson who played 15 years in the nba um was with the celtics for five seasons uh, he was there during the Anton Walker era, Pier- Paul Pierce era, before being traded for Chauncey. Um, he's currently the head coach of Fisk University men's basketball team. I want to know, was there anything that really stood out to you guys in that interview? Or what was your favorite part before we get into it? So my personal favorite part was not speaking for the first half because I had nothing to say about the history. So I just let Sean <laughs> run with it. And uh, <laughs> he seemed far too comfortable doing it one to one. <laughs> but, but I kept looking at Adam and I kept looking at Adam and saying, Adam, if you got a question, please, man, jump in because I got a million of them. You know, I love talking to like old players uh, as an older guy myself. I've been doing this for a long time. So I was so thrilled to be talking to him. You know, it was, it was so nice. I, uh, I was at the game uh, in 2002 in the playoffs, game three of the Eastern Conference Finals, where the Celtics came back. Uh, they outscored the Nets 41 to 16 in the fourth quarter. They came back from a 26 point deficit in that game, uh, set an NBA record to to, to win, uh, and and it really give themselves. I think a lot of us thought they were going to go on uh, to the NBA Finals that year. Uh, so it was nice to talk to him about that. Talk about the whole Paul Pierce, Antoine Walker era. That was that was a lot of fun for me. So I was in ninth grade when that happened, and mm-hmm. broadband was just becoming a thing. League Pass oh, no. didn't exist. I didn't even know who, what was going on in the world of basketball at that time. So I can't speak. I have to be quiet. So you guys are telling me the key to the successful interview was Sean fangirling and Adam not talking. <laughs> Pretty much, <laughs> right? Yeah. I, mean, that's I, I mean, I'd say it was fanboying, at least. I mean, come on. Fanboying, excuse me. I love it. I can't wait to hear it. All right, guys, let's jump into it. Don't forget at the end of this, subscribe, give us a review, rate us, let us know how much you missed me and how much you loved Adam being quiet for a little bit. Um, Follow us anywhere where you get your podcasts. Enjoy the interview, guys. All right. Well, we're very lucky today to have NBA legend uh, Kenny Anderson with us, former Celtic, former uh, Net, former Portland Trailblazer, Charlotte Hornets. Uh, welcome, Kenny. How are you? I'm doing well. What's going on, guys? Good to see you. Good to see you. How th- you're in Tennessee, correct? Yeah, coach here at Fish University, Nashville, Tennessee. Been here for four years, but uh, three years coaching because of the COVID. But uh, oh, right, right. great, uh, a great situation to be in. And my daughter's a senior here. It's a great school, man. Great school, but we're trying to build an athletic program up. How's that been going? Uh, up and down, up and down, but you, you got to love it. You got to love it. And I love being in the situation I'm in. Uh, I love my team and everything. So it's just a blessing. Well, welcome and thanks for joining us. Um, you know, we are a, a Celtics podcast here, so I wanted to start there. Uh, for you, if you go back to, uh, I want to take you back to February 1998, uh, when you get traded to Boston. Uh, you actually weren't traded to Boston first, right? You were traded first to Toronto. Yeah, I was traded to Toronto, but I didn't, uh, people, yeah, didn't, we, people we, didn't really, really realize it. 
but it was, a, it was totally because of tax purposes. I didn't want to go to Toronto at the time. So I just said I wouldn't go. It was only 20-something games left. I was going to take the hit, the money, but I just didn't want to go to Toronto because of the tax purposes back then. That was it. But people didn't really so realize. You, you, there was a whole week there before you didn't know what was going to happen in terms of whether Toronto was going to try, turn around and trade you or you were just going to sit out. Yeah, I was going to sit out. I was, I was planning on sitting out. And, uh, you know, Rick Pitino, you know, uh, was at the Celtics, and they brought me there. It was, it was it was so much love. You know, I love playing for the Celtics. I love playing for Rick Pitino and the staff. It was it was awesome for me. And I'm glad it, it happened the way it happened. Uh, you know, I know one of your heroes was a was a was a great Celtics, Tiny Archibald. What was it you like to be able to go and play and kind of follow in his footsteps? Yes, that's one of the reasons. You know, being from New York, he's from New York, from the Bronx, New York. He's one of the best point guards ever to play the game, and he and he won the championship with the Celtics. So it was like a great thing to be, and then playing with the Celtics, playing with his number. It was just a, a great feeling. Adam, you got a question, man? I mean, not for the old school Celtics. I want to be quite honest, man. Like, uh, there weren't no coverage here until like 2011. So <laughs> old school stuff, like I think for me, it's more just like, you know, you had Paul Pierce come in as a rookie while you were there. What were your impressions of him? Like when he came in, were you like, oh, this dude's going to be elite or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was at the draft, you know, who did, you know, I, I um, I was there at the draft, and we we uh, got him at number ten. So it was it was a great day in, in Celtic history. But he didn't like it because he fell all the way to ten. You know, but it was it was it was uh, one of those things. Um, they they got a, a great player, but not only you know a great person. You know, I, I really enjoyed playing with Paul Pierce, Antoine Walker, with that whole uh, staff, Eric Williams, Tony Batiste. Uh, it was just, it was just great, man. Great, great teammates. Yeah, it's funny that you bring that. I remember he was mad when, when, when he got yeah. drafted tenth because he thought he thought it was going to go much and probably should have gone much higher when you go back and look at that draft. Yeah, he probably should have, but you know, uh, the, the Boston people lucky. <laughs> yeah, that was Paul Pierce. So thank yeah, God you got Paul yeah. Pierce. <laughs> <laughs> that was lucky. Yeah. Um, and, and you were playing for Rick Pitino. Uh, was that was that something that that attracted you to what make you want to go to Boston? Oh yeah, definitely. You know, being from New York and understanding his growth as a New York Nick coach, uh, Providence, uh, just his whole demeanor as the head coach was uh, on point. You know, he's a great he's a great coach, and he was a great man for me. You know, to be coming to Boston and playing under uh, a great coach like him, it was just it was just awesome. Yeah, what were your what were sort of your impressions of him? You know, as a coach, uh, you know, he obviously was was trying to make that transition. And, uh, and what were your impressions of him uh, during that time? Oh, he, he, first of all, details. He was he was a stickler for details. Uh, uh, coaching, uh, he was a great coach, no doubt about it. You know, um, I I watched him. You know, I grew up watching him coach and. Uh, he was just an awesome coach, and uh, Jim O'Brien was assistant coach. Their, their whole staff was um, 
their whole staff meant a lot to me. It was, it was, it was great. Uh, not only playing for the Boston Celtics, but being coached by great men. It, 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 it didn't work out in the end for, for, for Coach Patino in, in the NBA and in Boston. Why do, why do you think that was? I, I think the, the, the game has changed. The game was changing around him. He wanted to press, press, press. And you can't really do that for 82 games. And with the style of play and the, and the, and the clever of, 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 of uh, players that we're going to play against, they was eating it up, you know, and just pressing, pressing, pressing. You just, you know, you can't play like that. And, uh, you know, you had to see that for yourself. I think he saw it. And um, But I think the number one thing that hurt him, he thought that year when he took the job, he was going to get Tim Duncan right, right. in the draft. And he didn't. And he kind of threw, threw it all, threw it all uh, uh, away some, somewhat, somewhat. For, for yeah, whatever. instead of Tim Duncan, you got, you got Chauncey Billups and and I think yes. Ron. Yeah, 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 and that's and that's what hurt that's what hurt them, you know, in the draft. And I, I know that's what he was calling for, and he didn't get it. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I guess you can ask, you know, eighteen, nineteen year old. I don't know what happened there. As professionals to do that, yeah. you know, forty eight minutes over over eighty two games. Yeah, that's a really tough job to do. 82 games, night in and night out playing, got to get your rest, you got to practice. So it's kind of tough. He had a young team, you know, but by me coming on there, I was a little older. I didn't want to press up. I didn't <laughs> want to press like that, night in and night out. It was tough. But, you know, he had a, it was a fun, a fun style of playing, but I don't think it would, it would win no games. And that was the, that was the difference. Uh, you know, how about Antoine Walker? You know, I, re I remember uh, in, in Boston, he, he would take a lot of criticism uh, for the way he would jack up threes. Um, in today's game, you know, they probably wanted him to take more. You know, was, was this a guy who was just ahead of his time or what? He was at his time. He played, he played, he was a great point. He was a great point forward. So, but when I went, I was like, man, you can't be dribbling the ball up. Give me the ball. Let me run the team. <laughs> so, but he was a, he was a great shooter. At times, streaky shooter, but just you know, he had ball handling skills. He was big, you know. He can get into the in the lane. He can help up. He was a great player, and uh, a funny, a funny teammate, man. One of the funniest teammates I ever played with. Just a great, great human being. Yeah, you know, I think one of the one of the highlights uh, for me watching that team uh, was, of course, two thousand and two. You guys are in the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, Game Three. You're down twenty six. Uh, you come back and win. What do you, what do you, what do you remember about that game? I, you know, we, I don't remember too much of it, but it was just one of those great comebacks in the NBA. And uh, we, we just we just fought. You know, I think going in, in the huddle, one of the huddles, uh, Antoine Walker got at the whole team, screamed and everything, and just everybody just focused. And we just started playing a little harder. Um, I would say my, 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 my mindset was, just, you know, even if we lose this game, let's play hard. Let's move on to the set, the next game. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> but they let us back in the game, you know, in the flow, and, and then that was it. And then when it was at home, it was just it was just crazy. At the Fleet Center, uh, the Garden, it was just it was just it was, it was just uh, a great. I'm, I'm, and I'm so happy to be involved in that comeback. You know that that's that's going to be there for many years. Yeah, that's right. great.
Yeah, yeah, and, and, you're, and, you're, I, you're, and I hit the last shot. I hit the that's last right. Shot. So I ran it down. You know, I think Terry Kittles tried to block it, but I knew it was a goaltender when I put it up because I put it up quicker than him. Boom, he stopped, but it was goaltender. Yeah, so we took the lead. So it's just a great, uh, great, great memory for me. To yeah, have in my, in my, yeah. In my, in my, my basketball catalog. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I remember you know Paul Pierce couldn't miss in that fourth quarter, but you couldn't either. I mean, you were you 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 were uh, uh, you were right there with him in terms of uh, putting up points in that fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah, definitely around my average. You know, when I played with those guys, I was the third guy getting all the shots, and I got about ten shots. So, so Paul Pierce, Antoine shot all the balls, and then I and then I was third. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That that that's a different role for you, right? You weren't used to that. No, I was used to it playing with them yeah. for, for some years, um, running team. Um, I, I loved it. I loved it running team because I was I was I was I was transforming into the Kenny Anderson, old Ken, the older Kenny Anderson. So right. I had to just you know play good defense, run the team, get the guys the ball that can shoot, and and get in shape, and that's what I did. Did you did, that team made it to the to the conference finals? You know, you guys were, were, were gave the Nets a very good fight. You know, probably maybe could have won that series. Sure. Do you think that's about as far as that team could have gone, or do you think that team had something else in it? I, I don't. You know, I thought I thought we should have beat them, but we lost. I thought we were going to win the East. That's what I felt. I thought we were going to win the East. Yeah, that's what I wanted to do, but we lost. Uh, so it was it was a very tough, but. Uh, they had Jason Kidd, Kenya Martin, Jefferson. They had a great team, but we had a good team also. So it was just we just it just wasn't in our calling. Yeah, and then uh, of course a couple months after that, they trade you to Seattle. Yeah, did they that come as a shock to you? It was shock. It was shock. It was really a shock to me. But then I understood, you know, me being traded. Why I was being traded? It was just the money, you know, Paul Gaskin Jr ran the team, he really didn't, he really didn't know basketball. And he just really, the money. And I was on the highest, uh, one of the highest uh, marketing, but I was getting, but I was getting paid. So I, they dumped, they just threw me in there and I had to get traded. That was, that was tough on me because we had just came from the Eastern Conference Championship. And I know next year was going to be different. And that's what I was, Thinking I was gonna work forward for it. I was gonna work. I was gonna work for it. You yeah. know, but um, I, I was traded to Seattle. Things happen for reasons, man. Things happen. So ain't nothing I could say or do. I just had to move on. Yeah, you've always kept the uh, 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 your your fan uh, fanship of the of the Celtics. You've always kept Boston uh, uh, kind of near and dear to your heart. It seems. Yeah, always. You know, the New Jersey Nets, Boston Celtics, Portland Trailblazers. It's my fan bases, B. And I, I love them. And I'm not going to change. So, you know, I'm a Celtic. You know, I'll be a Celtic for life, be a Nets Nets for life, Portland Trailblazers for life. Because that's like 13 years of my life right there, playing in the NBA on some very good teams. We just couldn't get over the hump. I never won a championship. I wanted to win a championship, and I wanted to – the only thing I didn't do in basketball was win a championship and be on an Olympic team. Two things. That's it. Everything else I've accomplished. High school, college, pro. So, you know, nothing. Basketball has been easy. Life's been difficult. 
<laughs> that's, that's that's a good way to put it. Uh, did you think you'd be on that '96 uh, that '96 Olympic team? No, you know because of Stockton, Isaiah, they were great players. So, but but you never know, you know. Um, it was in Atlanta too. That would have been perfect. It was, it was in Atlanta. It was a bit of a great situation for me, but uh, nobody knows this. But people forget me. I was on the the last team that lost, and that's why they came with the pros. We lost to Dryzen Petrovic, Tony Kukoc over in the Goodwill Games going into the, the, the Olympics. So I understood. Yeah, yeah. You kind of look at your, your career and you played with some really uh, interesting characters over, over the, the course of your career. Uh, one of them that, that stands out to me was, was Sam Bowie. Who I think uh, you know most people who remember his name remember him as the guy who got drafted ahead of Michael Jordan and yeah. assume he was this kind of uh, uh, you know bust who just just could never play. Uh, but he had a pretty good year with you guys when you when you played with him. What was he like as a player? Oh, he was a great player. He could shoot the ball and shoot the and was a great passer, big man. Um, you know, uh, Sam Bowie was great playing for the Nets with the Nets that year. Uh, he was just an awesome, awesome, and, and he's an awesome human being. He called me last week. He lives in West Palm. He's doing extremely well, man. He's, he's, he's doing extremely well. So, yeah, yeah. so um, you know, things happen, you know, with his injury, you know, when he was, he was one of the best in college and he broke his leg and he never could really get back to, to normal form. But that year when he played with us, with the Nets, he played extremely well. Yeah. Yeah. I think people forget that, that, you know, he had a couple of their years there where you could say, all right, this is what this guy would have been if he, yeah, uh, yeah. if he could have paid help. Now, uh, speaking of Michael Jordan, there's a, there's a, uh, a clip uh, that I saw uh, of him getting a pretty good dunk on you. I don't know if you remember that, but uh, there's, it's, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's on his highlight reel. <laughs> oh, he put, why he put that on there? I don't know, but I, when I watch it, he, he definitely did the clear out with the left arm. He got away with that a lot. <laughs> I, I'm gonna move out the way though. Oh, it's Charlotte. It's Charlotte with Charlotte. When he does, hey, but I, we we beat them in the United Center. We beat them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, what are some of your sort of your memories or or, or th the highlights, things that you remember about playing against Michael Jordan? Uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't remember a lot of them, but he was a great, he, he, he the greatest. I, you know, I played against, I played against the great uh, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, and I, I gotta go with Jordan is the best, is the goat. And then I mixed up, you know, with uh, Kobe and LeBron. They like neck and neck to me, but those are great. And I, 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 I'm fortunate. I played against three of the best players that ever played the game of basketball. I competed. Against them, so it's been a blessing. Basketball has been easy for me, but who uh, spoke the most trash? Huh? Who, who spoke the most the... trash? Yeah, Jordan is really quiet. Uh, I, all three of them guys, all three of them guys are, are real quiet. You know, I, I no, don't, don't talk too much trash. How about Gary Payton? Yeah, he talks a lot of trash. <laughs> <laughs> he talks a lot of trash, man. Gary was a great point guard. Uh, he, 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 you know, I, I, in my era, I played against some great point guards: Gary Payton, Tim Hardaway, uh, Rod Strickland, 
Mark Jackson, Kenny Smith. Uh, it, was, it was some great point guards, man. You know, you also played uh, uh, at the end of his career uh, with uh, one of the great Celtics of all time, and that's Robert Parrish. Uh, you know, playing with him in in, in Charlotte, um, you know, he had a reputation as being kind of a quiet, sort of tough guy. Oh, what, was your, what was your experience with him? Yeah, he was a tough guy, real quiet, but it was just a, it was an honor to play with somebody like that, uh, Chief. You know, and back in the uh, the Celtic days, Larry Larry Bird, McHale, one of the best front lines that ever played in the NBA. Uh, it was I was an honor when I first got there. I was shocked. And I was like in awe, you know, playing with a, uh, a, a older vet like that. Um, and he's a good man, great man, great man. How about the, those teams that you guys had, sort of early in the early in the '90s, with with you and uh, and, and and Coleman, and and of course uh, Drazen Petrovic. And we all know how good he could have been. Um, there was a lot of potential on those teams. Oh yeah, definitely. We we had a great team, but. You know, we playing against Chicago when they had their great team. Uh, Cleveland had Mark Price, Brad Doherty. Uh, uh, Knicks had Oakley, Patrick Ewing. Um, uh, Orlando had Penny Hardaway, uh, Shaq. It was, the East was tough, tough. But we, we had a very good team. Yeah, uh, Drazen Petrovic, just, just for people who don't know, um, how good could he have been if he had been able to uh, uh, continue his career? Oh, he would, have, he would have been one of the best. He's one of the best shooters ever. He worked extremely hard on his game uh, overseas. He played with Croatia. He was one of the best. And he wanted to, he wanted to be that guy over here because he played with Portland and he didn't they, 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 Clyde Drexler, Terry Porter, he couldn't see the court. So they traded him for the Nets and he really, he blossomed, played extremely well. Uh, he worked hard. He was, he's a great teammate. Um, great teammate. Yeah. Yeah. Matter of fact, he, you know, I, I had to work at it when I went to the league, but it changed a little bit. But then when I got with the Nets and I saw how hard he worked, he'd be an hour or two before practice coming in work. I started getting that in my game, coming, working out uh, on my game. Um, it just, he, he just was a great, great young man. And uh, we, we lost a great one. Yeah. 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 Adam, you got a question? I want to move on to your, like your coaching at Fisk. If that's okay, because yeah. I can get involved in the conversation here. So, how did that? I mean, first of all, how did that come about? Was it something you were looking to do, or did somebody reach out with an offer? Yeah, my um, the ex uh, uh, president of the school hired me. It was a great look for me. It was, I, I saw. I went to the school. I visited the school, and um, I, I saw it needed a lot of work, you know, and it still needs some work. But I wanted to come for the young men that I'll be coaching to give off what I've learned in the game of basketball and the game of life. And that's what I'm capable of doing now. And um, I love it here. And I, and I see it's, it's, a, it's about growth. And, uh, and it's, believe me, you, it's making me grow as a human being, you know, by me coaching these young men and, and teaching them and telling them, hey, the real, I'm not, there's no BS with me, you know. And this is where, you know, it's about hard work on the court and in the classroom to better yourself as a human being in life. 
How many of them have tried to play you one on one? They all try to play me. I shoot, I shoot them out. We play horse, I shoot them out. <laughs> no one's beat you yet, no. No, no, no not yet. <laughs> How about if they dunk though? Can you can, can you dunk? No, I can't dunk. If they, no, no, no. I know there's no dunking. It's a three dribble rule. If we play one on one, three dribbles you can get. Three dribbles. That's it. You know, you can three dribbles. That's all. That's the game. I remember seeing on Twitter. I think it was maybe last year. We were talking about trying to dunk that that you were going to attempt it again. Yeah. Uh, so it didn't it didn't go so well. Nah, I can't get up like I used to. Fair enough. I only Fair got enough. like three dunks in my life. Yeah. <laughs> in high school, college, and pro. And I played a long time. I only got like three. I don't care about dunking. I do like think, pro. Do you think not dunking prolongs your career? Because they say well, that the, the impact I mean, on the knees. Oh, oh, yeah, definitely. The impact on the knees, you know. Um, I just, I was blessed to play 14 years in the NBA with no knee injuries. You know, I had no in knee injuries. So, uh, thank God. Mm. That's a case mm. study right there. Yeah, right. That's a case study. So, yeah. another thing I wanted to ask you about, and this isn't to do with being at Fisk, but you were part of the uh, NYC Point Guards documentary. How much fun was that being, like, filming and getting to relive some stuff? Yeah, that was awesome. You know, um, I, I just, you know, thank Kevin Durant's people and the, the production company that he worked with that, that brought that out because New York needed to be touched. You know, uh, a lot of point guards that came out of New York should get that, um, get their flowers while they're living. And, um, you know, I've gotten flowers my whole life, but some of the other guys, uh, you know, needed to get their flowers. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of sad that there's so many New Yorkers that could have been on uh, point God, so many, but they couldn't. It's a documentary. Documentary. It's an hour and a half. You can't put mm -hmm. that many players on it. But you know, I'm from New York, and it's tough, man. Tough. Mm -hmm. That's where I learned the game, man. On the playgrounds, the streets of New York City is tough, man. Uh, playing, and um, if you could, you, you would have to do part one, part two, part three, part four <laughs> documentary. You know, with point guards. So, yeah. but, but. They highlighted the best out of New York City. Kenny Smith, Mark Jackson, Rod Strickland, Pearl Washington, and myself. It's, it's, it, that's the best, man. So, But everybody else always come to me, oh, well, we saw it, but we should. this guy should have been it. Rayford Austin was in it. Um, all the young guys was in it, you know, coming up. So it's a blessing, man. I'm, I'm glad that they came out with point guard. Yeah, yeah. You, you were you were basically a star at like 14, 15 years old at Malloy. Like everybody, you know, you, this was before you had all the recruiting stuff, but but people knew you. Um, yeah, how did you handle that? Was that was that tough to handle? It was it was it was easy because my coach, Jack Kerman, I love him to death, passed away. He just said it, you know. Um he just he handled me in a in a, in a great way. Then I had my mentor, Vincent Smith, they all handled Pierre Turner. They held me in a, in, a, in a different way. I, I just wanted to listen, man. I wanted to make it out of there. I wanted to make it out of my hood to take care of my mother. So I had to listen. And uh, Jack Curry did a hell of a job with me, man. And let me, you know, sit the first quarter. Um, I, as a freshman, I played on the varsity team, but I sat 
the first quarter. I only played three quarters. And now I look back, it was the best thing that could have happened for me. Kind of take some pressure off, let you watch the game, kind of get the yeah, feel for it before you go in there. And we had a reunion with my senior uh, about two, three weeks ago. I went back to New York. I saw my high school buddies, high school teammates. It was just awesome, man. It was awesome feeling to be yeah. back um, talking to those guys. Yeah, yeah. So do, for, do you think? Do you think? Uh, sorry, Adam, but uh, just to follow up on that, do you think like high school kids should be able to go to the NBA now, or, or do you? Would you rather see them? I, 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 say, I say, if if, 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 if you play, if you, if you capable of playing on the league, you, you're great. Go, go. But if there's any 50, if you're not sure, stay and work on your game and everything like that, you know. But I, I think if you're an exceptional talent and you can go, go. But yeah. if you if that's that gray area, just work just work hard and stay in school until you can get there. 14, 15 years old, pretty much a star everywhere you go. You said yeah. you're playing a lot of ball on the streets in New York. Did you find that the more you were becoming like well recognized, well known, were you getting treated any differently while playing on the park courts like that, wherever you were? Yeah, I was getting treated a little differently, but it was a different about getting treated differently. You know, um, uh, my mother and us was, I was being protected. You know, that's what, I was being protected. Different neighborhoods, I couldn't be in certain areas, this, that, and the other, because people in my neighborhood was, they was doing wrong, but they was also doing good. You know, um, you know, uh, that's just, that's just how life works. You know, they was looking out for me and they did a great job looking out for me. Yeah. We've got some questions about uh, sort of today's game before we wrap up, but I did want to bring up one other thing, and that's if anybody hasn't seen uh, the documentary about you, uh, yeah. the Mr. Gibbs movie, uh, I'd highly recommend it. And I, I, I you know, I mean, that was a, had to be a tough thing for you to do to be as honest as you were in that movie. Um, and there's a great line from it where you say, you know, it's difficult to figure, uh, it's difficult trying to figure out what it is to be selfless when you've been selfish your whole life. I just wonder, you know, five years later, uh, do you know how to be selfless now of you? Is that, is that I'm something selfless. that I'm, I'm selfless now and I've been, I had to figure it out. I'm selfish now. I'm helping these young men, you know, in life, not only helping them help my family. I'm help. I want to be more involved in my kids' lives. I'm, I'm doing more things now. And um, it uh, means a lot to me to reach out, you know, to, to, um, you know, first of all, all my kids, I have eight kids. I'm trying to reach out to them and get in their lives. I'm in five of their lives, three of their lives. I'm trying to get back. So, you know, I'm trying to live uh, uh, according to what the man upstairs, uh, what he, how he raised me, what, what he planned, what my plans are for the rest of my life. And that's what, what that's the was that movie sort of was that was that cathartic for you to kind of get all that out there and and just be that honest or or is it something you look back and geez maybe I shouldn't have done that? Huh, I don't care. It's my I, now I would have if my mother was still living. I don't know if I would have been real honest. I, I don't know about that. But my you know I had to let let loose and whatever whatever you know. Um, sometimes you have to be truthful so you can you can help others and that's what it's all about. You know, you, you, you lie, lie, lie. What is that doing? You know, so I, I'm, I'm real truthful to who I am 
and um, how I came about to, to play the game of basketball that I love and reach out to millions, zillions of people that respect me on the basketball court. But they don't, they don't they haven't gotten to know me, the type of person I am. And, and it's, 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 it's real. I'm real. There's a lot of fake people out there, you know, but I'm not going to, I'm not doing that. I'm not, I'm just not going to do that. I'm just not going to live my life like that. Heading over to the, uh, I mean, that's powerful, man. I feel bad even trying to segue into normal NBA at this point. <laughs> um, so let's moving on to normal NBA, like modern NBA, I should say. <clears throat> Your game, how would you see it translating now? Like, what team could you kind of pinpoint yourself being on? Or who, where do you think you'd fall in that hierarchy of point guards? The game is changed. You got it? <laughs> yeah. The game has go. changed. The game has changed. So it's it's a lot easier for point guards with the dribble. You know, I can penetrate. I can shoot. The lanes is wide open. There's no more big man sitting there in the lane wanting the ball. So, you know, that's what I, I would love to play with Golden State. <laughs> Golden State, you know, the way they open the court up and let Steph Curry just go crazy, set picks for all that. It's just a and they play a pretty game. They pass the ball, they move, and that's what the game of basketball is about now. Yeah, and uh, do you like watching today's NBA? I mean, do you do? You, would you like to see a little more defense? Would you like to see a little more physicality allowed? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. But you know, I, I watch it a little bit. I, I watch more college games now because I'm coaching. But I watch the NBA games, the games, the teams that I you know, root for the, uh, the Boston Celtics, the, the New Jersey, the Brooklyn Nets, and Portland Trailblazers. Those are three teams I give a lot of love to. I watch them, and I hope to see them do well every year. Um, you know, um, right now I'm excited because they got Boston winning it, you know, winning it all this year. So that I'm excited for the fact. It's like I'm a, I'm a fan, you know, I'm excited – to 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 bring the what nineteenth banner, you know, yeah. to Boston, uh, and that would be great. How do you deal with like? Okay, so last season you got Brooklyn playing Boston in the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> how, how do you deal with this? I don't watch it. I, I, I don't. I don't. I, don't watch, I watch the score. I see the score. I never watched that series. You can ask my wife. I don't watch that series. You know, I, I didn't watch it, and I never will. When, when my three teams play against each other, I watch Portland when they come play. I don't watch it. Uh, the Celtics play against uh, Celtics play against uh, the Nets. I don't. I don't watch. I just look at scores. With them when they play, when they play, that's a good way to avoid it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a good way. But you watched the Celtics in the finals last year. What did you think they could have maybe done yeah. differently to win that series? I thought they was going to win it. You know, I I went. I was at Game Six, uh, when and uh, we lost in Boston. God, that was really sickening because I thought they was going to bring it back and play a seven, but we lost, and um, it was it was just a tough loss. But uh, Golden State, they they played extremely well. Steph Curry was on fire. 
moving. They just they whole team. They get it. They get it. So you know, I think next year we 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 got it. It's gonna be tough because the lead. That's what the, the lead is. Everybody's tougher now. Everybody. Yeah. 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 I mean, talking of toughness, you got Marcus Smart, one of the yeah. best defensive guards in the league. Yeah. We're talking about physicality not being in the NBA. Yeah. He brings it right back, right? He's a bit of a throwback type guy. Yeah. Would you have liked to have played with him? We see. Yeah, I would have loved to play with him, you know. Um, but I just think they 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 asked him to do too much at that one. So now we got uh, Malcolm Brodnick coming in. I think that's going to be a hell of a little duo playing with each other. I think that's going to be a great backcourt to, to, to help him. Um, I, I think we're going to be – we're loaded. We're loaded. Our, our team is going to be good. But the East is good. Brooklyn Nets with Kevin Durant, Kyrie, you know, uh, they're going to – Philly is good. Uh, it's just a lot of teams. A lot of teams are going to be good in the East. Uh, you know, it was, speaking of the Nets, uh, you know, obviously it was a, a strange summer for them uh, this past year. Uh, were you disappointed in Kevin Durant the way he handled uh, that uh, that trade demand? Nah, it's just life, you know. Trade demands, it's life, you know. I, I played in the league many years, so I understand it. It's life, but I'm just so happy and thank God that he stayed. You know, he stayed in, in Brooklyn, mm. giving another fight. And I want, you know, Kyrie Irving. He, he still stayed here for another year. Just give it one more go around. Give it one more go. And uh, he got one more year on his contract. So, you know, they'll see what happens. But, um, he, you know, they're, they're tough. When you got two talented players like them, and then you got all of the role players you can add up, anything can happen. That's a tough one. That's a tough duo. If you had to make a choice out of who was going to win it all next season, who would you choose? Boston Celtics. Hey, all right. Hey. <laughs> going with the Celtics. You think they you think they get a rematch against the Warriors? Yeah, that's what I think will happen. That's what I think is gonna happen. Yeah. You know. Great. Well, Kenny Anderson, thank you so much for joining us here on the Celtics Collective. It's been a pleasure uh, having a chat with you, and uh, and good luck at Fisk. And um, you know, it's just been uh, so so much fun to watch you sort of in retirement with both of the documentaries that have come out, and now what you're doing at Fisk. So good luck to you, and thanks for being here. Appreciate right. it. Hey, hey, Adam, where's my Kenny Anderson jersey? <laughs> <laughs> Brown NBA, where's my jersey at? <laughs> I need to get me one. If I get it, will you sign it? Yeah, definitely. You know what I got you. <laughs> <laughs>